welcome to the Diocesan Digest, a news outlet for the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma. I'm your host, Sarah Smith, Coordinator of Media. In these short episodes, we will share the latest news, ministry stories, clergy, spotlights, and much more about the Diocese of Oklahoma each week. If you or your congregation wants to share a ministry story or other important news item, or even a particular topic you want to see covered on the podcast, please contact me at smith at epiok.org. started a few announcements. The Liturgy Leadership Training event is coming up on Saturday, July 27th at Church of the Resurrection in Oklahoma City. This event is for anyone who is currently a Eucharistic minister, visitor, lay reader, usher, verger, greeter, or anyone who wants to learn the skills to be a part of one of the ongoing ministries in the life of their home church. You can register for this event on our website under the events calendar page. Next, please keep weather aware, y'all, and reach out to our disaster response team at the diocese if your church or church member has dealt with any storm damage. Also, if you're interested in assisting us with helping the tornado and severe storm victims, you can visit our donation page, which is located on our homepage, highlighted by a yellow button. After you click on that, you can fill out the donation information and choose to designate your gift to go to our disaster relief efforts. We will be having the Reverend Paul Snyder, our coordinator for disaster relief on the podcast soon to give us an update for what the diocese has been doing to help those affected by the latest storms. Lastly, be on the lookout this coming Monday, June 3rd, we will be releasing the Bishop profile and application and other materials for the bishop search process. We'll be posting that on our main website as well as all of our social media outlets. Okay, let's get into this week's episode featuring Bishop Ed. I sit down with him to discuss his trip to Uruguay last weekend and all about our relationship with the Diocese of Uruguay as our companion diocese. Here we go. Bishop Ed, you were recently in Uruguay hanging out with the Diocese of Uruguay, um, and we have a relationship with them, and I just wanted to highlight this partnership and explain to our folks, you know, what we're doing over there, what our relationship's like, and maybe just start about, like, when um, when did this relationship start, and what was the meaning or purpose behind it? Great. Yeah. Um, um, we began our relationship with the Diocese of Uruguay. Um, it'll be 10 years ago uh, this coming November uh, when we formally entered into a uh, companion relationship. Um, the Diocese of Oklahoma, when I, when I first became bishop of, uh, a little over 12 years ago, uh, had a companion relationship with the Diocese of West Ancoli in Uganda. Um, and at that particular time in the church, there were a lot of tensions um, 
around various issues, ordination women, human sexuality, a number of things. And the diocese uh, had established a number of schools and clinics and things in West Nicoli, but the, the leadership there, the church leadership, the bishop and the archbishop um, uh, were not, um, uh, I should say, they, 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 had, they had issues with some of the things that were happening in the Episcopal Church. And so our relationship became uh, strained in that regard, not so much about the things that we did as a diocese, but, but what was happening in the larger church. And, and uh, as a result, it was just decided that the, we needed to dissolve that formal companion relationship there. We, we still do, though, support the schools and the clinics that are in Uganda uh, through other mechanisms. But um, at that point, we as a diocese began to look for a new relationship. Um, and uh, as I entered into that process, I wanted to find somewhere uh, in the, the global Anglican communion uh, a diocese that, one, didn't already have five or six or ten companion dioceses in a relationship, and a place where I felt we could actually do more than just provide financial resource and actually partner in ministry uh, and help to... Um, um, to spread the good news of Jesus and build up the, the church. And so um, after exploring several things, I was introduced to Bishop Miguel Tamayo, uh, who was the then bishop of the Diocese of Uruguay. And uh, we had several conversations, and um, he invited me down to, uh, to Uruguay to take a look at the diocese. And I went down there and visited with them and looked at the opportunities that were there. It's a very small diocese. Um, they only have about... Uh, uh, at that time, they had maybe 14 or 15 clergy and about 12 congregations throughout the entire country. Um, but uh, it was unique in the sense that um, Uruguay is a, a socialist country, uh, but the government there uses religious institutions to provide services to the community, so social services, pastoral services, medical services, things of that nature. So so the church in Uruguay, uh, the Anglican church in Uruguay, had... Uh, approximately 10 of these projects where they had um, schools for um, for kids, um, primarily uh, preschool type. They had uh, projects that helped parenting, um, uh, helping the parents learn how to be good parents. Um, we had dental clinics and medical clinics, um, a home for um, homeless children, teenagers, uh, and then they had another home that provided transitional living for uh, persons who had um, uh, were battling AIDS and had completed their, their medical treatments and were trying to transition back to society. So it was kind of a halfway house for them and so forth. So um, we looked at that, and after having some conversation, came back and talked to um, folks here in the diocese and brought it to our Dawson Convention and um, decided we felt that was a place where where we could have an impact in, in, uh, and be partner with people in real ministry and not necessarily just be around to, like I say, hand off resources. And so we entered into the companion relationship. So um, this past uh, week I was down in Uruguay um, for the installation of their new bishop. Uh, Daniel Genovese was elected and consecrated about two months ago in, in, in Buenos Aires. And uh, this past weekend they had their, their annual synod um, and so I went down to participate in the annual synod and also to participate in the installation of, uh, of their new bishop and in our continuing relationship. So do any of our current churches 
go down there and do projects with them or what does it look like for engaging our clergy and lady? So over the years, we've done a number of things. Uh, um, it was about seven years ago, I think, that we invited all of the clergy from Uruguay uh, to come to Oklahoma and they came here for our clergy conference. And then uh, we, uh, the clergy fanned out across our diocese and um, uh, worshiped and preached at a number of our different congregations on that Sunday while they were here. Um, the last two years, well, we didn't do it in 2019, but in 2017 and 2018, uh, we sent teams down to, to Uruguay to do a vacation Bible school. Uh, in 2017, we sent two teams. One uh, held a Bible school in Montevideo, which is the capital of the country, and the other was up in the, the northwest portion of the state, which is uh, Salto. Uh, in 2018, uh, after evaluating those two experiences, we felt like our um, our energies and would be more efficient just to do one, and so we we uh, did vacation Bible school up in up in the Salto again. Then we didn't do it in 2019 because the diocese was in transition. the The uh, previous bishop before Daniel Genovese had retired. Um, they had not yet elected a new bishop, and um, so the leadership was was more focused on internal issues, and it would have been disruptive for us to go uh, and do things. But we're we're planning again to send another team uh, in January of 2020 uh, back to Uruguay, and uh, and to work with a team that they've been working with there, uh, and partnering to uh, to provide vacation Bible school again for for young people. Is the Anglican presence in Latin America very strong, and are other dioceses in our in the U.S. getting engaged in Latin America? So, in in South America, the the predominant um, uh, religious presence is the Roman Catholic Church. Um, I would say the the uh, there there is a presence of the Anglican Church, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Methodist pastors in some forms, depending on the various countries and so forth. But the the uh, um, the predominant uh, religious affiliation would be Roman Catholic. In fact, the current Pope, uh, Pope Francis, came from uh, from Chile, um, and uh, was a very uh, a, a good friend of the Anglican Church uh, in South America. The, some of the issues down there is that that uh, many of the countries are are very secular, um, and so um, uh, religion in their culture is not as prevalent as it would be that we might see here in the United States or in other northern and western countries. Um, so it's it's uh, a little bit more um, challenging um, to reach out to people and so forth. It's not that there's a any type of anti-Christian attitude as much as it's just not been part of their culture. It's very much a mission field. Um, but, but there is a significant presence uh, down there. And there are a few other dioceses that I'm aware of uh, in the Episcopal Church, um, Canada and in the UK, that have companion relationships uh, uh, in other countries, um, Peru, um, uh, Argentina, Chile, uh, Brazil, and so forth. And, and, uh, um, and they all kind of, um, they all work work together um, autonomously or individually and not necessarily jointly so the we don't we don't get together as companion dioceses and do anything together everybody kind of does their own thing down there i think francis is from argentina though you are correct <laughs> okay i didn't i couldn't like grab the mic from me fast enough no, you're right. um yeah i was actually down there studying side note uh judaism when i was in at vanderbilt and got to see 
the cathedral where he used to be and stuff oh, down in Buenos Aires. Yeah. yeah. Um, why do you think this is an important relationship for our diocese to have? Like, what, what do you think we can learn from them or they can learn from us? Well, one, I think it, it helps us understand that we're part, we're part of something larger than ourselves. Um, it's real easy for us to become internally focused on our own needs and our own desires and our own ministries. And we, we fail to recognize that the body of Christ is much larger than just the Diocese of Oklahoma or our individual parishes. And I think it's important also for us to recognize the, um, the opportunities and challenges around the world for people in the Christian faith and uh, in living out their, um, um, their vocations and it's an opportunity for us to uh, to partner together in prayer and in support for one another, and then um, you know the there is a reality that that um, South America and parts of South America resources are much more limited than they are here, and and it's an opportunity for us to share from our abundance uh, so that others may have uh, uh, more opportunities and so forth. The other thing is is that I think sometimes too we we um, um, those of us in, in a privileged place, and, and being in North America, I feel like we live in a, a very privileged society, especially in our country of lots of freedoms. We, we, uh, we fail to recognize the, the daily challenges that other people have, and I think this helps us being in relationship with, um, with folks in other places um, to have an awareness of, of, a, of the global nature of humanity. And... Um, you know, we, we oftentimes say, well, we're going to go and show them how to do things. And um, uh, I love it when, when uh, our folks go down there and they come back and they talk about how um, uh, the people in Uruguay have so little as, as, it results, as, it, as it relates to resources, but they're able to do incredible ministry because they're creative and they use what they have um, and they reuse what they have. You know, oftentimes... Um, uh, what I hear a lot of times in congregations is is uh, we need more money or we need to hire somebody to do that or whatever. Um, you don't hear that uh, there. Everybody everybody recognizes that they have a role and uh, they all partner together. They come together uh, focused on doing what they can to help improve the lives of other people and uh, and work together as teams. And I think we can learn a lot by that in that when you don't have much you you figure out ways to make things happen and to do stuff, and they do incredible ministry down there, um, in in reaching out to the disenfranchised, less fortunate, to people who uh, who go without, and 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 bring some level of hope and comfort to their lives. And I think that's a lot for us to be able to learn from. Are there any other things you think that would be important? I think I, I, the important thing again is I think for us to to always keep in mind and understand that that um, we're not the center of the universe. Uh, and that uh, it's not just all about us, and and we are so privileged in so many ways, but we also um, have such great opportunity uh, to be able to reach out and touch other people in other parts of the world. Uh, you know, not just with our financial resources, but just just oftentimes what I hear from folks when we're when I'm out of other parts of the world uh, is they don't ask for anything other than to pray for us. And, and having the knowledge of knowing that there are other people in the world who who hold them in prayer and raise them up uh, and just are aware of their existence and their presence and the challenges that, that they face. Um, 
is all they need to sustain them and to give them hope as they as they continue to uh, to grow grow in their faith, but to to um, uh, to live and and to 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 find uh, joy in their lives. So uh, I think it's an important relationship. I hope I hope we continue it. Um, uh, I'm committed to it, and and it was a great it was a great uh, visit, though short. Um, I, I always feel comfortable, welcomed. The hospitality is incredible, and the, the people down there are wonderful. So it's, uh, I think for us, it's been a very fruitful relationship. Thanks for joining us, y'all. Be sure to sign up for the Diocesan newsletter at our website, epiok.org slash newsletter and follow us on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date on what's going on in the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma. See y'all next week and peace be with you.